Hello, Jazz Session listeners. I am Jason Crane, host of the Jazz Session, announcing the 100 by 300 campaign. That's right, my goal is to get 100 members by the 300th show to keep the Jazz Session going, and you can join very easily. Just visit thejazzsession.com and click on either the join link at the top of the page or the one on the side of the page. There are monthly levels starting at 10 bucks a month. There are yearly levels starting at $110 a year. Please join the people who have already become members and help keep the Jazz Session going. The Jazz Session receives no external funding from any source uh, up to and including All About Jazz, and that means for me to keep doing it, I need you. Thousands and thousands of you listen to every show, and if you could find the, uh, the cost of maybe two cups of coffee uh, a month in your couch cushions, you can help keep the show going for years to come. That is the 100 by 300, 100 members by the 300th show. Join now at thejazzsession.com. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free in iTunes and at thejazzsession.com, where you'll also find Amazon links to purchase the music you hear on the show. And if you do it that way, a little bit of the money comes back to the Jazz Session. And, of course, you'll find links to join and become a member of the show. I want to thank the folks who've already done that at the Relaxin' level, Lance Harris and Leo Raphael. And, Leo, I'm sorry if I slaughtered your name. At the Vanguard level, Anne Braithwaite, Terry Hinty, Matt Marowitz, and Raindance Farms. And at the half-note level, Carlos Ibanez. So we're off to a great start. The goal is 100 members by the 300th show. I've had a bunch of audio clips uh, on my hard drive from the 2009 Tanglewood Jazz Fest that weren't really long enough for an entire show, but that I thought were interesting, and I was never really sure what I was going to do with them. And uh, I decided what I would do is put them together as a little sampler from the Tanglewood Jazz Fest. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play you three, uh, you know, kind of shorter than normal interviews back to back, which when put together should make one uh, reasonably length show. Reasonably lengthed? <laughs> yes, you're welcome. It's a good thing this isn't a show about English. Uh, and they are going to be interviews. In fact, they are interviews. Not only are they going to be with uh, Regina Carter and some members of the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra and Nina Freelon. So uh, check those things out. Here they come, and enjoy this sampler from the 2009 Tanglewood Jazz Festival recorded in my hometown of Lenox, Massachusetts. My guest is Regina Carter. I've just seen, so far, the festival standout performance uh, music from your forthcoming album, Reverse Thread. Thank I was you. blown away by Thank this Thank you show. so much. Thank you. Why this record, and why now? Uh, well, years ago, I was interested in doing a world music record, but the time just wasn't right so now since I had the uh, funding from the MacArthur it gave me the freedom to do a record that I really wanted to a very artistic record I feel like it's a very artistic record um, and it's a journey for me um, 
a year ago I, I took some time off and went back to school to study music therapy. And I was really interested in how music affects the brain and why and how I've seen some really um, amazing treatments using music helping people. And so in studying music therapy, I saw that actually I think I was trying to find some therapy for myself <laughs> through the music. And uh, I found that music, most of the music I chose was either directly from Africa or um, of the African diaspora. And in doing research uh, about some of this music and just along with music therapy, I saw that, that when you look at most cultures, they always used music as a healing tool. Um, and, and especially with, um, in, in the African culture, it's a part of their life from the time they're born. And it doesn't, it's not a thing where you have to be a musician or you have to practice every day. It's just really a part of your life, and so it enriches everyone's life. And, and the music serves a purpose, um, whether it be to help you learn, to help you heal, to, to, for whatever. And so I, I, I was really attracted to that. So these pieces, I, when I listened to them, they really struck something in me. So I went with that and, um, and seeing now still how I can use the music to help heal people. And I think when we play music anyway, we're healing others. So that's the whole reverse thread is just going back and looking how, at how music was used and, and how I want to use it. I've been, uh, I've been reading this book, The World That Made New Orleans, which is about all the various cultural influences on the city of New Orleans. And one thing that it talks about is you know, the incredible musical cultures that existed, particularly in Senegal and the Gambia and places like that, that were suppressed mm-hmm. um, you know, when folks were forcibly brought uh, to this country. And some of that music surfaced again in, in jazz and other forms of music that we have here in the States. Mm-hmm. But it seems, like, um, it seems very refreshing to hear a much more direct uh, kind of callback to that music and what you were playing. Well, I find the melodies to these songs, they seem very simple. And sometimes that's what I want, something that's just very, it's there, you can sing it back, you can hum the melody, it's very simple. But it makes me feel good. And that's basically, I think, what we all want. I mean, sometimes we want to go out, we want our minds to be, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We want to be challenged and expand it. Sometimes we just want to feel good. And it's, for me, these these tunes are very folky sounding. So, and the instrumentation I chose, I I really wanted to get back to more of a chamber music sound. So with the chora, violin, and even with the drums, because the drummer that I have can play very quiet. So that was a must. And just to be able to play with very little sound reinforcement, uh, so that people can actually hear the instruments, the nat- natural timbre of these instruments. So it's. It's been a wonderful journey and uh, one that I want to continue on. And plus the history I'm learning about some of these countries, like the Ugandan Jews. I didn't, I never knew there were Jews in Uganda. And right. just to, to, to see their history and see that a lot of them converted to Christianity during Idi Amin's rule. And just all the things I'm learning. So it's, it's a wonderful and um, educational journey that I'm on. So you mentioned the instrumentation of this band, which is Cora, violin, accordion, uh, drums, and, and bass. Uh, bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about how you came up with that particular instrumentation? Well, I had accordion from my last band. I, was, I remember that, I had yeah. a swing band. And I love the instrument so much. And I thought, you know, presenters every year will say, what are you going to do next? What's, what are you going to So I thought, okay, let me take the piano away, because that will really strip it down and, and force us to kind of... It'll be fair to, to deal with the space, if you will. Um, 
And so I wanted to use the accordion as the piano, if you will. And then I wanted another string instrument, and I thought, of course, Cora, because uh, it's such a beautiful instrument. And uh, someone introduced me to Jacoba, who's from Mali. Um, and then on the record, I had um, two bassists. I had Chris Lightcap on upright and Mama Duba, who's from Senegal, on electric. And also Gary Prusace on accordion and uh, Adam Rogers on guitar. But just, if you will, instruments that were indigenous to their to, to a certain certain place. So you have uh, the accordion that was uh, very popular in Madagascar. You have the core, of course, in Mali and several other places. The bass, which is a string, and and, and violin. Actually, there are African violins, the ganji fiddle music. Sure, yeah. Um, and the drums, of course, is the the whole thing is where it all comes from. So it's I decided to give it a try, and it really worked. This seems like a band that like needs to appear just on a street corner somewhere and start playing. <laughs> it seems like it would blow people away. I mean, it's 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 very mobile. So I'm highly recommending that you okay. do some little gorilla concerts someplace, okay. just set up on top of a marquee someplace, right. kind of Beatles style. Because I mean, I think there's so many people who. Uh, the word jazz is so confining, and I mean the music that you're doing is. I mean, talk about universal. It's just uh, it seems like it could reach everyone. Yeah, and I don't consider it jazz. I you know it's more it's world music. But sure. all, for me, all, all music, music is world, world music. music <laughs> you know, so I think if we take jazz that that terminology away from it, then it opens it up more for more people that maybe don't necessarily they don't necessarily listen to jazz. To say, well, let me check it out. Sometimes we we have these barriers, and we think, oh, I don't like this. But there's so much music, even that falls under the word jazz. Sure. So I just want to strip that away and just say, just check it. It's folk music. Well, I look forward to talking about this uh, more in depth in the future. I wish you safe travels tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Virginia. Uh, my guests are three members of the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra: Douglas Provence, John Mosca, and Dick Oates. They've just finished uh, a great set at the Tanglewood Jazz Festival in the main hall to a packed crowd and gentlemen it's a pleasure to have you on the show thanks for being here thanks for having me thanks for having us John can I start uh, with you and just ask uh, I know you've been involved in the band uh, for several decades now Uh, I won't I won't tie them down unless you're comfortable with me doing that but uh, can you talk about uh, a little bit of the history of this band and just the incredible wealth of material over the years that it's come of course as uh, many of our fans know it was started by Thad Jones and Mel Lewis their partnership with Max Gordon at the Village Vanguard uh with, they had a, uh, a deal, a handshake agreement for three weeks at the Vanguard, and we have not renegotiated since then. <laughs> it's just to keep coming back. So uh, we do, and the fans do. And, uh, of course, Dad uh, wanted to write when he came back to New York from being on the road with Basie's band. And uh, as soon as the word got out that he was writing and was think- even thinking of putting a band together, the guys were lining up, and his phone was ringing off the hook to ha- for everybody wanted to play in the band. So it it became, you know, a, a stellar group of musicians. But and then, of course, as the as the band started touring more in the seventies, uh, uh, many of the guys couldn't leave, did not want to leave New York for that length of time. And that's how the next generation, which includes Dick and I and Douglas, uh, got, you know, came on board. And uh, so this this is basically what's been happening. Thad left to. Uh, Work in Copenhagen, they made him an effort, uh, an offer that no writer could refuse. Anything he wanted, basically. So, he did that, and we continued with the band. And, and Mel tragically passed away very young. Almost, it'll be uh, 20 years in February, and 
to their great credit and our uh, good luck, Lorraine Gordon decided to stick with us at that point. You know, there was no uh, nominal leader, and it was a uh, risky thing, but she said, come on, let's, let's do it and see what happens. So it, it's been very good for us, and here we are. Dick, as part of that second generation of the band, how have you seen the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra evolve over the years? Well, I think we're just keeping with the original uh, uh, thing that Thad and Mel started with their writing and uh, with Brooke Meyer and uh, all the great writers that have been coming into the band. We try to keep it moving forward, and I think that's the uh, kind of the credence of our uh, of our approach with this band. And I think we, the main thing we, we do is to try to keep the writing new and fresh and uh, with the tradition that uh, Thad and uh, Brooke Meyer laid down. Just so. like today, uh, we the first two uh, numbers... We should mention this is Douglas uh, Provine speaking. Yep. Yes. Um, I, we were thinking about the programming, and I, and I thought as we were performing, I said, well, this is so cool because it's exactly what we do and we've done the whole time. Uh, we played uh, number eight in the book, which was Mean What You Say, um, which is when, one of the original uh, charts in the book, you know, from 1966. And then the second number we played was from an upcoming album, uh, CD, uh, from Bob Brookmeyer that, uh, called Oats that featured Dick Oats. And, and we are extending ourselves. And it, it's like I was really proud that, uh, uh, a little scared but proud that we did it. But, but John uh, said, well, this is what we do. They have us here. This is what we do. And, and it seemed like the crowd loved it. Now, I'll throw this to any of you guys. This really is a, a band full of soloists. I mean, everybody in this band can play at the top of their craft, and yet it's also a band. I mean, it really retains that character. How, how do you guys navigate that? A bunch of strong personalities who are all strong on their instruments, and yet you have a, a good sound. And I, I think I'm generating laughter already. Well, no, that, but that was really, if you talk about the history of the band and what the band always was, that was what the band always was. It was always a collection of guys who could, who could really solo. Even in the old days, Nookie Young was the lead trumpet player. He soloed which is, you know, really unusual. So that's, that's not really a change. And Thad was very much in, encouraged everybody, even on chairs that were not normally solo chairs, he encouraged guys to play. So that adds to the concept of the ensemble, too. When, when everybody has that other way of hearing, it makes the ensemble, uh, it's, it's a different way of, of doing it. And uh, most of the guys realize that a big big band is really a writer's medium. So you really put yourself at the service of the, of the writer when you get onto the stage to do it with this kind of a group. Which is, and of course, we're privileged. We feel privileged to sit in front of this book of music. It's that. Good. Well, one thing that's unique too uh, is also that just mentioned this is Dick Oates speaking. So these, everybody in the band loves the music. It, you know, they don't have to solo. Uh, as much as a lot of people would like, we just love the music, and if we get a solo along the way, then that—that's what the band is about. But you first got to love the music, you know, and that's one of the rules we have when the subs come in. You know, we hear the commitment in the section parts, and the soloing will come after that. But we first got to hear that commitment, you know. Douglas, to what do you ascribe the fact that this band has withstood everything? I mean, you guys came in in the, the 60s, and that was really, I mean, kind of the, the fading point of the big band time, and yet the Vanguard band is still here 43 years later. How, to what do you ascribe that? Well, it's uh, just what Dick was just saying. It's the music. The music is so wonderful, 
Um, I've been blessed to play with a lot of big bands, but when I sit down in front of, you know, behind this music, and it's so exciting, uh, this is what keeps us going. And I just realized this um, recently. We really don't have a set formula. When we go up, we, we, we have such great music, uh, John will decide what to play, and, he, and a lot of times it's at the last minute. You know, with other bands I've played with, it's like, okay, this is the set we play, and this is the order we play it in, and it gets a little uh, tedious sometimes, but this, it keeps, it, this keeps us on, on our toes. It might look a little funny sometimes when we're <laughs> leaf, leafing through music when, when, when we're starting down the Vanguard, but I just realized, I said, wow, that's why it is. It, that keeps us going. Now, uh, now I don't want to. I don't want to put you guys in a spot, but I mean, it is possible that like the grandchildren of people who started coming to see the Vanguard band when it first started are coming to the Vanguard now. Can you talk about the kind of people who come to the Vanguard to see this band and throw that open? This is John Moss. Well, I actually, I've I've noticed that the audience has gotten a lot younger over the years. This is a really a positive development, and it kind of flies in the face of uh, conventional wisdom about jazz being a music that's kind of that's kind of fading out even so a, a very well thought of critic did a long piece in the i think it was the time might have been in the, the wall Times. street journal actually. wall street journal <laughs> about uh you know it's kind of you know our end is uh, pre- the mark twain quote right uh, exactly premature and uh, so i i'm uh, very happy to see that that younger people there's always going to be an uh, a group of in any population some people that say maybe the thing that's being forced down our throats all day is not all there is. And the lucky thing about being in New York where you're in the middle of 8 million people is that there's always a good number of, of those people. And we have a lot of tourists, a lot of people come to New York and one of the big things on their list is to come to the Vanguard to hear the band. I can't tell you how many times somebody came up and said, I'm, I'm here from Peru and I've always wanted to hear the band. I'm so happy to meet you know, So it, it's like that. Yeah, I guess it must, it must be nice to know that you have appointment listening when you've had the same, the same time slot for 43 years. right? I mean, no, no one has any question about how to see the Vanguard. I also, this is Douglas Provines, and I also think that uh, we, we've had a pretty strong commitment to education as well. And for a bunch of years, we've been doing our, um, when we do concerts outside of uh, the Village Vanguard um, and at the colleges, we have an educational program called Precepts of Swing. And it has garnered a, a bunch of interest uh, for young musicians as well. So, um, and the, the jazz education part in all schools are, has gotten larger um, recently, so I think we've benefited from that. Well, I know you guys need to get back to New York City, and uh, I hope we can do this at, at greater length in the future, but it's been a real pleasure talking to all of you. Dickos, Douglas Provience, and John Mosca from the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jason. Thanks Great job. My guests are Nina Freelon, Harold Blackwell, and Mike Garson. They are uh, performing here at Tanglewood this weekend uh, in Ellington program. And welcome to the jazz session. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. We are we're sharing a microphone in a very dignified fashion, so uh, we'll make it work the best we can. Um, Nina, can you talk about uh, why you've decided now to do this uh, Ellington program? Well, um, it, it's been a dream for many years. Um, I've loved the music of Duke Ellington, who is, as we know, uh, one of our greatest American composers and, and a person who uh, was beyond category, a person who loved classical music, he loved, he loved this jazz music, he was well known um, more for the work that he did with his band, but his music, music was more than that. And so we have a chance to explore some of the um, lesser 
known sides of Ellington tonight in this program. Now talk a little bit about that because I know that uh, the arrangements tonight will make use of both a jazz quartet and a string quartet. Yes. Um, are they uh, kind of performing separately throughout the show? Are they integrated together? It, does, it, does it change up? Will you talk a little it's bit about that? It's a great question. Uh, you know, I think uh, I'm, I'm a singer. Singer with ideas, which is sometimes dangerous. Uh, but Mike Garson is the one who crafted these wonderful arrangements, and he's probably the best person to... Mike, if you want to grab the other mic there, sir. We'll, uh... So, Mike, will you talk a little bit about, um, f- I guess, first of all, which parts of the Ellington repertoire you decided to use, given the instrumentation uh, that you were writing? Well, we went through a lot of music and rehearsals, and uh, we're also doing a slightly shorter show tonight so we're going with more of the hits so to speak and his famous ones but we found some beautiful ballads prelude to a kiss is gorgeous in a sentimental mood is beautiful um and uh, we have the most beautiful part of the show is when the band's not playing we're doing this acapella version of harolyn and nina singing come sunday oh my god totally without instrumentation except the last four bars and they play that perfect. They play that. They played the hell out of that yesterday. So, so we're gonna just put our attention on that part of the show. It's a real highlight, it's a spiritual moment, and uh, you know there was 1,500 Ellington tunes. So you know I'm still searching. On our larger show, uh, Harlan did Creole Love Song, which is you know more esoteric. We looked at so many of the things he did. Just I need eight hour show. You know I need four parts. But certainly we have Don't Get Around Much Anymore and Caravan and I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart, a beautiful ballad uh, in my solitude, which uh, we do in the middle of the show with uh, Harlan. And Nina does Do Nothing to Hear From Me, which is a beautiful tune. It's been covered by uh, pop artists. I've heard versions from uh, a lot of the pop artists. You know, English guys like it. You know, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I think that was the demo that, that he was going for, pretty much, the, the English guy demo. I think that was Ellington's yeah, preferred audience. You think he was going for that, Yeah, huh? I, I haven't seen that in a lot of the research. Um, now, Nina, I know that uh, certainly Ellington, you've already mentioned Come Sunday, Ellington uh, did a lot of spiritual music and sacred music, and I know that that's a part um, of, of your background as well. Can you talk about the, your com- approaching things like Come Sunday? Is it different from uh, some of the other things that Mike just mentioned from the more kind of standard jazz well, I, I'm I'm learning not to make distinctions. Um, lyric speaks to you, music speaks to you, melody, rhythm, all of these things speak to you when you choose a song. And um, that song has always been one that has really touched my heart. I started singing in the church, and so I feel very comfortable with lyric that speaks to spiritual things. But I, I find sentimental mood spiritual in a different way you know and so it's not as if one is uh from from one um stream of energy that's it's all kind of you know kind of mixed together Harolyn, can I ask you, uh, certainly other uh, wonderful sopranos and other wonderful singers um, have covered this material. I mean, in Come Sunday, we were just talking about, I think, of Mahalia Jackson in particular mm. and some of the sacred concerts. Uh, can you talk about um, kind of uh, your approach to this music and uh, how you find yourself uh, kind of in this world of Ellington? Well, Ellington has always been sacred to me, I think, first of all, because we're both from Washington, D.C. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> and second of all, I think of Ellington... In the same way as Schubert, 
His songs like a Schubert song or Schumann song, and the approach in the respect with the lyrics, concentrating on the lyrics and the music, the te- um, the text. For example, um, as Nina was just saying about the spiritual aspect, I feel that way in the same in, in the same vein when I'm singing in my solitude. So for me, what really drew me towards Ellington was the text and then the beautiful music. And in my household, although I'm an opera singer, jazz was always being played in the house. So that was really my first love, I would say. And so I've come about in a roundabout way, thanks to Nina and Mike. So I'm, I'm grateful to be on this journey with the two of them. I couldn't ask for two better colleagues to do this with. So And it seems grateful. like Nina's point is an important one about making distinctions, and it's one Ellington made many times himself mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the, you know, there's, there's just good and bad music. You know? Exactly, exactly. That's, it's good or bad music. A great tune is a great tune, whether it's a Gershwin tune, an Ellington tune, or Schubert. <laughs> so. So, yes. One of the interesting things is uh, in our research, we found out that Ellington loved Tchaikovsky and and, uh, Rachmaninoff. And another highlight uh, that's right up there with the Come Sunday is we do this Rachmaninoff piece called Vocalese, just the beginning of it. And uh, Nina came up with this great idea of singing, uh, Don't, what's the song you're doing? Beginning to see the light, see the light mm. in minor, while she's singing the vocalese a second time, you you would never think it could work, uh, and it, it's it's I wait for it uh, every time we perform it. So there's some very very interesting stuff uh, to look forward to in the show, and I I've given a lot of the bebop jazz lines to the string quartet when when you'd imagine that the brass would play it. It's actually a jazz sextet. Oh, we, fantastic. We have trombone, okay. trumpet, and sax. And our trumpet player is playing French horn on one song at the end. And uh, it's it's fascinating. And there's a beautiful song called I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's, it, that's that. And there's some really beautiful music that he wrote that people are going to get to hear tonight, you know. And we're looking forward to playing for this audience. Now, because this uh, this show is primarily online, there are a lot of younger folks who listen to the jazz session, too. And there, I'm sure there are some who are going to say, you know, there was a guy named Mike Garson like who was involved with Smashing Pumpkins and David Bowie and all those guys. And uh, that's the same guy. And I'm wondering, uh, there's a lot more to you, I know, musically than uh, the rock stuff, which people uh, rightly respect you for. Can you talk a little bit about how here you are tonight arranging Ellington for string quartet, jazz sextet, soprano, and vocalist? How, how did that even happen? Well, I'll start off from the back and work. I don't know where I'll work from, but <laughs> I'll do nonlinear on you on this. But <laughs> basically, I'm, I'm going back to L.A. to play the last two shows with Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. So I'm, but Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that over the air because it's a secret. Anyway, take it back to Luckily, the Luckily, it's not over the air. So, uh, you're so anyway, again. and uh, sometimes when I'm playing this music, I'm running that other stuff in my head at the same time, and sometimes when I'm playing his stuff, I'm thinking about gigs I did with Freddie Hubbard. You know, it's sometimes... You have a mind warp because time is a very funny phenomenon, and time isn't as linear as people think, and you never know what's going to hit you. And just that's why I love Duke because he reminded me that there's no barriers in music, and I really don't have any. And I'm comfortable mixing the classical and the jazz and the funk and the hip hop. It's whatever I'm feeling at the moment, assuming you know there's not too much uh, bad ratio of signal to noise. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, we're on a planet with a lot of noise. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, put. well. I, I do know you guys need to get back down, so I'm not going to keep you. But uh, it, it does sound like you're all after the same thing, which is this kind of beautiful synthesis of music, which is what Duke was all about anyway, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Well, I thank you on on this busy night for taking the time. It's been a pleasure to meet all three. Thanks for having us, Jason. We appreciate it a lot. There you go. A little sampler from the 2009 Tanglewood Jazz Festival recorded Labor Day weekend in my beautiful hometown, Lenox, Massachusetts. I'm Jason Crane. This is, as you may have already guessed, the Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free in iTunes and at thejazzsession.com. Please become a member. Help the 100 by 300 campaign, 100 members by the 300th show. This is, I think, show 218. So we got a little ways to go, but, uh, you know... A short time to get there, as uh, the Smokey and the Bandit song almost went. Uh, also, if you would visit uh, podcastawards.com and uh, vote for the ja- nominate, I should say, the jazz session in the cultural arts category, that would be great, podcastawards.com. And if you're not already signed up for the newsletter, you can do that at the website. There's also a Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, just type in the jazz session in the search box and you'll find it. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Jason D. Crane. Yeah, that's way too much of me, isn't it? I I have to agree with you. I wouldn't probably do all those things if I were me, but I don't have any choice. So thanks to the Respect Sextet. Uh, they provided the theme music for this program and also the music for the uh, 100 by 300 campaign. Thanks to them for that. Thanks to Dave Rabel for the show's logo. Thank you for listening. And now, if you would please, get out there and support some live jazz whenever and wherever you can and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.